Hey everyone, welcome to this week's podcast episode. It's great to be back. Today's guest, we are going with a bang. It's someone who doesn't need an introduction, someone who has been on controversial tabloids in the UK, someone who's not afraid to voice their opinion. It's none other than Katie Hopkins. We discuss challenges that Katie has faced in the past with certain controversial moments, and we also talk about what she's doing now and what she's going to be doing in the future. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast episode. And also, if you could give a little share and subscribe to YouTube and all that other stuff, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, that would be much appreciated. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode. Today I'm joined with Katie Hopkins. She doesn't need an introduction. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I am now in the United States of America. So I finally made my break back into the USA. So pretty pleased to have made it after 15 days on the road. Yeah, what 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 happened with that? Like, why have you been moving about so much? What's going on there? <laughs> I've always been on the road, you know, and I've always felt like the only way to tell stories that I like to tell is on the road. Um, and I guess it's one of my criticisms of most people in the media is that they're never on the road. They're never going to the thing they're trying to talk about. They're just sat on their ass in some studio. But of late, I've probably been on the road more. It seems that way. Um, I was just in Australia, but then deported for mocking their quarantine system. And now back in America because I'm here for a tour uh, across the States for the whole of the autumn. So I'll be away now until late November. Okay, cool. And you said tour. So what is it? Are you speaking at like universities or are you speaking at like what are you sort of doing? Yeah. Uh, university campuses mostly don't let people like me on. Um, and also it's kind of uh, much more about getting a mark. So I go way out of the normal places that people go, way out of conference centers in posh kind of uh, cities. I'm way out in the sticks. So the kind of uh, real America, you know, um, countryside America very often. And I have a series of dates. I have about 40 dates so far across six states. Uh, so the next three months will just be permanently on the road. And my kind of gig now is a mix of, come on, and also quite a bit of stand up and also quite a lot of laughter and a lot of tears. So it's kind of like people get together just to feel better. And, and that's really what coming to an event of mine is now. It's just people get together and end up leaving feeling a lot better because this has been such a shit time for so many people. Yeah, well, I mean, you just sort of touched on it there. You were in Australia. And um, before we start recording, I said I was in Australia as well. Um, the rules over there are fucking ridiculous. Um, and I think you were supposed to be going over to Australia for, was it Celebrity Big Brother? Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, so you probably you would have been away from the public anyway um but yeah it's uh it's ridiculous and you can see now online um i think uh, do you know who tim dillon is yes yeah he uh put up stuff about uh their quarantining uh rules and their lockdown rules and um he was based it's basically a dictatorship over there and um he got a lot of crap for it um but i always don't go by what is said in the news because we obviously all I think like most people now don't trust the media uh, the news mainstream media 
Um, so whenever I seen your story um, on like BBC, CNN, whatever, um, I was kind of like, there's obviously more to this. So do you want to like sort of explain what actually happened and not what these left wing flipping <laughs> media uh, platforms are saying? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't really mind, actually, because I think interpretation of um, your life is, is kind of part of the story, right? There's so many different stories out there and only one can be true, but people interpret it in different ways. So if you're a Hopkins hater, you know, you're going to want to believe that I went crazy over there, that I infected people with COVID, that I spat on someone and that I you know, rub the virus up against someone's face. And, and you're going to want to believe that. And no matter what I say, that's what you'll believe. Um, what actually happened is I went over to Australia to do Celebrity Big Brother. Um, at no point did I say that I agreed with quarantine all down. You know, my views are fairly open. Um, and I, when I was in the quarantine facility, I was mocking the ridiculousness of it because it's frankly ridiculous. Most ridiculous of all, peak ridiculous is that I was even in it when 45,000 Australian families are not allowed to go home to see a poorly grandma or just hug their own mum. It shouldn't have to be dying. Um, yeah. And I was allowed in. You know, bear in mind, if your opinion of me is that I'm a complete twat, let's go with that. They allowed a complete twat into the country in preference of people who actually live there. I spoke out about it. I did a short video on social media for my Katie's Arms kind of podcast that's just a live stream. And, uh, and they went crazy. And I tell you, my learning, and I've been through some dark stuff, was just how dark they made it and how quickly. Once it blew up to being the deputy prime minister, the prime minister being involved, my life inside the quarantine uh, apartment became very, very uncomfortable very, very quickly. Mm. So when you say uncomfortable, do you mean like, what well, was government staff like making it hard on you? Yeah, it was pretty unkind. And this is stuff I haven't talked about, but um, it was the full, you'll have no sleep now. So it was the knocking on the door, the relentless come to the door in police uniform, filming me, filmed interviews, interviews on the phone, immigration saying I was being taken off to detention centre, pack your bags, we're coming to pick you up. 2 a.m. another interview, 2.30 a.m. you have to wait for this knock at the door, 4.30 a.m. So it was a just a relentlessness by them to not allow me to sleep, uh, to say that there was a problem with my food because there was a poisoning that was suspected. Uh, it became kind of intense that, you know, and I understand it. I come from an intelligence core background. I understand how you can increase pressure on an individual, um, but they really went for it, which was surprising given at no point was I resisting, and at no point was I saying that I wouldn't get on the plane home. Uh, they just wanted to make it particularly painful in the kind of 24, 48 hours before they finally put me on a plane. That's crazy. It sounds like Homeland, like they were torturing you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it did get, you know, and I'm, you know, fairly tough and I, I, I can front up. Uh, but if we're talking, you know, at a personal level, it did get to the point where you do wonder what they actually want you to do. You know, you're on a fairly high floor. You have one exit point, which is a balcony, and they are making it so you can't eat. You're not allowed to sleep, uh, knocking at your door. You know, how far do they want to push someone? 
Yeah. I, I just find it, uh, I just don't know where that hashtag be kind comes in. <laughs> yeah, I know. P- people who have that in their bios as well, they're the ones you have to watch out for. Um, <laughs> they are. <laughs> so, I mean, was it your decision? Did you make your own decision then to just leave Australia or was it the no, day no. actually? Oh, no, not at all. So as part of that, I would call it the 48 hours of endurance that I had. Uh, they we had already agreed that I would leave and no, you know, we were going to try and do that quietly, well, not quietly, but without, I'm not, I wasn't actually there to cause some kind of riot. Uh, the channel pulled me from the program because they were frightened that they would lose the show altogether. Uh, and I was going to go home, but then the government wanted this, I would say 48 hours of intense pressure. And so they cancelled my visa, making me an illegal in the country, meaning I would be taken to the detention centre, meaning that any rights I may have had for food or shelter or compassion were gone. So they were able to change the dynamic very quickly from weirdo comes over for reality show to illegal immigrant attacking country could be a terrorist threat. And that's where they were able to inflict on me the stuff that they did. So... I was kicked out uh, of there and then started thinking about what my next route would be and how to get to America. Right. Okay. And um, just to note um, for people who are listening as well, um, the Australian government is fucking ridiculous. Um, With me, the the bureaucratic side that happened to me was absolutely ridiculous. Like I think to just make up processes in their dreams. Um, I got a sponsorship from a company that I was supposed to be working in Sydney and then because I was on a a different type of visa because of COVID they said to me that you need to leave the country first before we put you in for this sponsorship visa I was just like but if I leave the country I'm not going to get back in because you have stopped all travel and they were just like oh well you might just need to wait and then we'll wait and see whenever the uh, travel restrictions let up and I was just like this is back in November And I was just like, I'm not getting back in. So that's why I moved to Singapore. And then I got like two months later, I got a notification on my phone saying, yeah, we're not able to go for your visa. And I'm just like, how dumb is that, that you need to leave the country that you're already in to apply for a visa? Like see all those processes. They really like big government just really annoys me. Yeah, I, I think, and you see it, you know, you've been on the road, I'm on the road you see just at every stage, doesn't matter what country, doesn't matter what you're trying to do, the levels of process and pain they're inflicting on just regular people in order to make it such that it is not worth the effort. Five hour queue for holiday makers trying to return home from some goddamn awful holiday in Mallorca, you know, uh, layers of paperwork, four pieces of documentation to get on a plane. And if you're a mum, and you've got three children, you know, there's four of you times by three bits of paper is 12 bits of paper every time you want to go past security or whatever. I mean, it's a nightmare. And it's, and it's done for that specific reasons, just to make it so that no one bothers anymore. Um, and I guess that's in a way whilst why I, I do keep going, because one of us has to be out here giving it the <laughs> and that's a, that's a lot of my motivation now. <laughs> no, um, fair play to you. Like we, we need people like you to obviously <laughs> to speak the truth. Um, and it's just, uh, it's just, it's really hard for like 
people to see the other side and see what you're actually talking about. Whereas people just like, I was talking to someone before and we were saying that like most middle-aged and sort of um, OAPs would watch like BBC and stuff like that there and on ITV news and they would just follow that religiously, like anything that's said to them. But like, there's sort of like this new generation coming up, the likes of myself um, and people who listen to Joe Rogan and all the other podcasters um, who speak, who try to speak the truth. Um, we're kind of like not buying that bullshit anymore. And then whenever I looked at the likes of you, like before I was one of those people, I was just listening to BBC news and ITV news about you. And I was just like, I oh, she's a dickhead. But like, you're not like I've spoke to you and like, I've seen like more things now on your social media. I'm just like, she's actually really nice. <laughs> it's just, it's a funny one. And, and thank you for, um, you know, it's an honest thing to say, yeah, I thought you were a complete twat. And then some people have sent me like screenshots where they, they called me, a, you know, a horse-faced old cow and they wouldn't piss on me if I was on fire. And they were like, oh, and I really like you now. And I'm like, this is fine. Like, A, you have to remember my first marriage lasted less than a year, right? My husband, my first husband went from thinking I was great to thinking I was a twat. So at least now in the other world, it's going the other way. The majority of people thought I was a complete asshole and that and they're like now she's like, oh shit, she's all right. Um, yeah. and that's and that's just the truth of seeing more of someone, isn't it? If now that I'm a lot more on, you know, social media where people, I mean I'm a lot less on stuff, but the stuff people see is just all me. And yeah. it was why I guess celeb to be a brother in the UK, I ended up being there for so long because people saw a lot more of me and then thought, oh, she's not such an asshole. Um yeah. And I guess from my point of view, all of those things are fine because they're all impressions I gave through stuff I said. And if you put yourself out there, you know, tough shit, you've got to suck it up. You're not going to, not everyone's going to like you all the time. And Jesus, I've not, not tried to be liked. Um, yeah. and, and I also feel that um, I have always been the same me. So all of this time, whilst other people have been like, oh, she's a complete asshole. oh she's all right oh I don't know if I like her this week I've always been this same thing and yeah. so it's been kind of easier for me and then there's the really weird thing that happens this is a bit like if you were doing maths with this people say oh my gosh but but what about your children like this is haters aren't, aren't they like ashamed <laughs> because they're working from the basis that you are a twat and you are a cow and therefore your children's lives must be shit whereas <laughs> actually I'm this person I'm normal I make their tea and clean the toilets and yeah. so their life's like it would be with any other mum yeah it's just the, it's just sort of like the distance you know between who I am and who some people think I am and that's okay yeah. And it's like the misinformation, like they must think that you're this really horrible person that you've got like your children, like regimented, like it's like <laughs> right. or something. Right. <laughs> and then sometimes it, it's done to an extent that even I, you know, I'm surprised. So like when I was in South Africa, you know, spending time with white farmers who some of them lost their partners and been attacked. I had a massive seizure. I dislocated my arms had to be treated in the street, you know, was given ketamine uh, because that's the drug for street incidents in Pretoria. And, you know, the Mirror and the mainstream media reported that I had collapsed from a drug overdose. And, and it's like, at what point are you allowed to mock epileptics being given 
drugs by an ambulance man and call them a druggie you know yeah. so there's just sometimes where it's almost like it's almost like it's so extreme I can hardly reconcile like I can hardly see myself anywhere in it uh, but for the most part yeah this has been it's been really lovely that so many people have been honest enough to say you're not the twat I thought you were yeah and I, I, of course like that probably gives you so much satisfaction as well <laughs> well it's more like it's more like just kind you know yeah. it's just a really kind thing to say because people don't have to take the time to write that and they yeah. do and I have the satisfaction of I've always been this person and I've always tried to tell it as I see it and so it's great it's great that more people are listening a bit more yeah definitely I mean you touched on it there before as well with social media like now we get to see into like because before we would just read about you in the papers we would have seen you on the news but like now we can actually see what you do on a daily basis which is a good positive from social media and obviously we can only see that on Instagram we can't see that on Twitter what happened with the Twitter thing I know I mean was inevitable it was inevitable that I had to be taken off of the platform that's it Sorry, and just you, before you continue, were you shitting yourself whenever they did? Because like, I think the first person that they deplatformed was Alex Jones. Were you just like, they're going to come for me next? Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, so it was always inevitable. In fact, with most things I've ever done, it is inevitable I will be removed. You know, when my radio boss gave me my radio show, I said, you know, you, this is the same. It's great that you've taken me on and we'll have this meeting when you're firing me. And we did. <laughs> So it's an acknowledgement I will always have to be removed. Um, and that was always true with Twitter. And that was only ever going to get, uh, you know, more likely di directly in relation to being 1.2 million followers, you know, Trump tweeting you, you yeah. know, that that time is coming, you know, the time is nigh. And so all it actually took in the end was Rachel Riley from Countdown with some really dodgy new digital platform for monitoring hate bullshit set up uh, they went to the offices of twitter and then i was removed the next day that's crazy and like what was the what was the act like the explanation that twitter give you was it just something like no like there wasn't really one yeah there wasn't one they, i mean they picked a random tweet that was a black adder quote but you know you can't and i say this to people when they're trying to rationalize, you know, being fired from their job for not having a vaccine, for example, or an injectable, is you can't rationalize the irrational. So mm. it's a bit when people say to me, um, oh, but the law, oh, you should get a lawyer, that's illegal. People, you know, that comes from the, the framework, the mindset that there's still something called the law, or mm. there's still something called rules. And if you've traveled, we've traveled, or you're me, you understand there isn't a law there aren't rules. There's just things that will always change depending on the outcome required. Um, yeah. So there's no rational, there's no, the law is not the law. It's whatever it's required to be to get rid of you. Um, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, and I, you know, Instagram has been a good, great startup for me and a lot of fun and a, a really good way of almost breaking with the old and just giving it lots of this during a time of COVID. And actually that's been really, sort of been brilliant actually. I think. Instagram for me has been a much better place. Yeah, definitely. Um, like what you were saying there as well, but like it's more like there's no laws, more like conformity and like what sort of um, is going to please like the masses in a way. Yeah. Um, there was a good quote. I think it's by Mark Twain. He says, never argue with a stupid person because they will 
beat you with experience and bring you down to their level. Um, I think that it's true. And, you know, it's sweet. Like there's two things people really want to believe in in their hearts. And I feel it too. Uh, one is the law, because people like the idea that there is an ultimate protection or an ultimate defence mechanism. Yeah. And the second is democracy, which is why it was so hard for Brexiteers, actually, because they voted for something and they weren't allowed to have it. Yeah. And I think once you evolve down the route of being, um, you know, the most banned person or whatever I've become, you realise that neither of those two things stand fast. There's no such thing as the law and there's no such thing as democracy and truth. Mm -hmm. There's just sort of a, a system in flux. Um, yeah. And so and that's so once you reach that point, it's a, it's a much better place to be. But it's hard when you see people saying, but there's a law to protect us from this. And you just think, no, that, you know, even if there was, there isn't now. Yeah. And you just spoke there about Brexit. Obviously, one of the main things about Brexit was like letting um, immigrants and refugees in. Um, with, uh, I seen one of your tweets, but like, I obviously know what you were doing. You were playing with words. Remember the one where you said about the final solution? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. But this was after, I want to say it's after Manchester, but it might have been London Bridge. I think it was the Manchester one, but like, yeah. this is the thing you obviously like you're, you seem like a good person. So obviously you love everybody. Like, it's not that like you actually hate all Muslims. It's just the radical ones. Well, it's just anybody that wants to hurt someone, exactly. you know, anybody that wants to hurt someone. Then, mm. then my question or my, my ask is, you know, come to me first. If you want to mm. hurt someone else, come, come by me. And if you get through me, all right, then. But, you know, come by me. And, and I always feel like that's how I feel. I feel like this weird, you know, I signed up to the British Army. That I know people aren't big fans of the military, but I did sign up because I wanted to, like, serve or protect things, you know. And so if something happens in the street, like now, I'll be there and I'll be telling people, come through me, like, you know, bring it. And um, so it's like that. It's like if you want to hurt our children or a gentleman stood in the street, you know, freaking, we need to sort it out. We need a solution. And I don't personally believe as much as it's a dreadful thing that happened in our history. Words don't belong to an event because they were spoken in that time. Words should be this vast repertoire we can use for all sorts of reasons. But either yeah. way, in my position or in my old position, you can't give people an open goal. And what I did that day with that tweet saying that we need a final solution, i.e. we need a lasting solution to people hurting each other, uh, is I gave the left an open goal. And, you know, I was gone from everything within about, I don't know, three or four hours. I mean, it was fast. But I kind of get from you that you are the type of person who does like to, um, you obviously, you mean what you say, um, but like with that there, final solution, like, it's kind of like sounds like you're playing with the words in a joking way. To me, it comes across as joking, but like there's some sort of like hint of seriousness to it. But obviously you're not yeah. going to fucking go out and put people in fucking gulags and put them in concentration camps. Do you know what I mean? So like, I obviously know what you're doing. Yeah. And I think it was a different skill set. You know, there was a skill set that was, I know it got me cancelled, but that's neither here nor there. There's a skill set that was Twitter, right? Which would, to me, it would be like curating words and, po and, and putting them on a wall, right? That's to me in my head, that's Twitter. It's an art, 
gallery and it's you can curate words and in the old days of being shorter it was a joy that's why my account was so massive because I could I could find the fewest words to say the biggest thing uh and and no 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 other social media platform does that I think Twitter is a a tiny tiny speck of what it used to be because it did used to be more like people's art galleries and their curated words and it was somehow glorious and now it's not um so yeah but no no excuses if you are me, you cannot give the people who wish to end you an open goal. And I yeah. bloody gave them the ball, an open goal, and a friggin' Sunday afternoon to kick it in the back of the net, and they did. <laughs> um, so obviously with, like, we're talking on social media here, um, with, the, with the stuff that you put out there, I mean, you obviously get a ton of hate. Has it ever got serious before where like anyone's came to your door or anything like that there were like bomb scares and it like i come from belfast that's why i said bomb scares uh but you know what i mean like, <laughs> just like so yeah, i got it i got right? the thematic Has <laughs> <laughs> anyone ever you know kneecapped you <laughs> <laughs> uh, northern ireland humor uh, um <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of cautious with my British military. Uh, oh, well, my God, was in the British Army, so we have a back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go at it. Um, <laughs> bless your heart. Yeah, so, yes, I mean, yes, the, it, it's gone to extreme. So the, the most extreme, and we'll go backwards from it, uh, is that a couple of jihadis uh, planned to behead me. Uh, they oh practised. They had the communication, they had the weapons. And then one night in my home, a kind of squad of men arrived from, I guess, special ops or int and rigged my home up with alarms. Um, and then the jihadis who were plotting that were caught and were put in prison. Um, so, so that would be, I guess, quite extreme. And then if you pull back from that, just the threats in terms of being sent stuff or being told that you're being sent stuff or in Australia being told that your food's been poisoned with a picture of your food. Um, You know, those are quite, that's quite high level in terms of intimidation. Uh, And then things like phoning social services to have my children taken away. You know, people can see that you can do pretty much what you want to me, but obviously that doesn't extend to my family. So social services are wrong and people say I've abused the children, so they'll take the children. Um, And then in terms of possessions, I don't own anything anymore. Um, I grew up, you know, I owned a house. I had a job at 18 back in the day when you could earn money and buy things. But now I don't own a home because of litigation. I don't own a bank account because it's not possible for me to hold a bank account. I can't have PayPal because I was removed. So actually, in a sort of glorious way, I'm probably one of the most free individuals that I know, because aside from my little den of lion's cups that I will defend till I fall, I have nothing for them to take. Um, So that's a very fortuitous thing. And in a way, when people ask how I do what I do, it's different for me because I am very free because I don't have the things that they need to protect. Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, like, what was your mental health like been like? Like, sort of, I know everyone's talking about mental health and all that there, carry on, but like, we don't really get to hear it from the likes of yourself. Like, I mean, have, do you admit that like you've had like 
obviously like really bad times and like you've got good times now blah blah, blah. yeah oh absolutely and um you say people we talk about mental health a lot I think that's probably where there's been a massive void hasn't there because of covid and lockdown and people killing themselves every damn day and no one's allowed to talk about it yeah. suddenly me talking about stuff that I've known about for you know 15 years of doing this of being pushed to the edge more times than probably I should have been um suddenly I'm in that weird void going hold on someone needs to talk about this the fact that people want to kill themselves because they don't want to carry on and I completely understand that and there's been times in my past certainly where I mean I've walked out the door once to end my life and that was to do with my epilepsy and a rational decision on my part that I couldn't do another night having seizures my seizures were massive um so that was a rational one and then more irrationally but pressure based just the idea that when they were coming for the house and then my jobs and then my head and then the safety of my children the idea rationally again I think that if I killed myself it would stop them coming for my children so a way of defending my children was to end myself so I've had plenty of moments near the edge of you know, I, I call it kind of walking the high wire of life, <laughs> right? Because I love words and therefore I can bullshit my way out of the fact that I just want to top myself. But like walking the high wire of life where you have to make that big decision. Um, and on a daily basis for people, I guess that's what I'm trying to do a bit more of now is give people the kind of tools that I've used for 16 years to get through stuff, right? So, you know, and then one of the first things on that is just the breathing thing, like breathing in and all the way out and I sound like some freaking freaky vegan weirdo you know <laughs> but I'm not but it's just that we get to a point Australia is a good example where you end up finding that you're breathing like this right you're doing little tiny shallow breaths and you don't even realize it but you're not breathing and so I'm trying to get people you know don't be the little true that got caught by the cat that's <laughs> try and be more like the big fat mole that just came to the surface and goes <sighs> So be more mole and less shrew. So yes, that was a long answer, but uh, mental health wise, it helped people to imagine I was a monster because you can say unkind things to monsters. Mm. And now people see that I'm just kind of a softy mom. They're like, shit, <laughs> she nearly killed herself. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been long, but um, I, I've got some good techniques for it. So it's it's all right. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, obviously, it's a travesty whenever anyone takes their own life. Um, that really hit me in the feels there whenever you said about, like, you were going to do it just so your children would be free of this shit. Like, that really, like, struck core me. I was like, wow, fucking hell, that's like something you hear in a movie. Um, sorry you had to go through all that. Um, last thing I want to ask you before we go is... And I know I will kill myself if I don't ask you because I've seen it gets recommended to me all the time on YouTube. So um, <laughs> I think you might know what I'm going to say. Whenever you were on this morning, you said about children's names. And you, said, <laughs> <laughs> you said that you didn't like children's. Right. So this thing, obviously, it's a TV show as well. So I don't really know the ins and outs and how they edit it and shit like that. Um, but what happened was that you obviously said that you didn't like children's name after places. And then I think it was felt was like, but your child is called India. Oh, so, right. 
yeah. What, like, what did you just take like a blow moment or like what? what <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. I know exactly what you mean. So just really, really quickly, the background is I was this person was on the ITV this morning, wasn't I? And when there was like, they were like, shit, what are we going to talk about? That's basically how these TV shows work. They've got fuck all to talk about and they need someone interesting. And that's why they're not interesting anymore because no one wants to not be liked. Oh, sorry, just knock the table. <laughs> but they were like, Katie, there's a survey about kids' names. And I was like, oh, shit me, that's boring. Leave it to me. <laughs> right so I get up there and I get on the sofa and I'm like and I'm giving it loads because then I genuinely mean all of this at this point I've got like a three and a four year old or maybe five and six whatever school ages what do I know um and I'm dropping them off and there's like the shitty kid that bites everyone there's the little shitty bastard kid that's a knob there's the one that has to get sat next to my kid because my kid might look after him because he's an absolute tosser so there's all these kids and they're exactly what you'd expect from the name. You know, there's and no disrespect, but there's this really ugly kid and she's massively fat because her mother's fat and she's being called like, you know, Belle, you know, and you're like, no. <laughs> the mum's like smoking in a football shirt and you're like, yes, destiny. I know where her future is. I see it. So Please, there's a like this. And I don't like kids named after places. And I was thinking in terms of, you know, <laughs> Paris or whatever. My daughter was actually named after India Mountbatten and not wishing to go into our, our IRA past Northern Ireland British yeah. Army. But they bastard IRA killed Mountbatten and yeah. his beautiful daughter lived on. And you see, I rather embraced this, you know, patriotic fervour. So that's where India came from. The Mountbatten's. Mm. And same with Poppy. This is where your anti-military yeah. people fucking hate me. <laughs> My daughter's called Poppy because of the poppies in the war. And yeah. that level of parent. <laughs> so that's why India, that's why people think it's a, a country and that's why it's also kind of funny. But yeah. yes. <laughs> but you, you obviously, you weren't thinking about the country at the time of naming her. You were obviously thinking about the symbolic of what no, and then also I'm sat on the sofa and obviously, you know, Phil's been prepped with all this shit and he's been given yeah. the script, which basically her kid's called India, you know, go for your life. So he's there acting as if he's all clever, whereas he actually is a complete <laughs> tosser. And he's been left out of the um, NTAs, the National Televisions Awards. It's brilliant. I love it. Um, anyway, that's gossip. And so, um, yes, yeah, so then I, I was like, India, and I was like, but it's not even a name. It's the Mountbatten's. Mountbatten's were glorious, but yeah. Yeah. I just let I, you just got to let people have that, and yeah. I guess rolling back the reason it's the most watched clear, the reason people love it isn't just because they you know it makes me look like a twat, it's that there is such truth in it, right? We all know a shitty little kid with a shitty little name, and they piss all of us off. And if you ever have children, you know, God forbid you ever go near a Tyler because they are always tossers, <laughs> so that, that's where that was. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. Um, every time I look at you now, though, like I just keep on thinking of the the sign by bit in it where it's just like puppy, like you say, like you're you're you uh, yeah, your daughter's. Well, it's funny because uh, in America, no one's called Poppy, and yeah. so I say they say, "Oh, what is, you know? What's your daughter's name?" And I go, "Poppy," and they look at me like, "What the, f you know?" <laughs> no, but what's her actual name? Yeah, it's Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, 
Listen, Katie, this was amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And had a blast. Um, I think hopefully this can change people's views on you. Because um, Oh, no. No, we don't want, no, that. Don't want that. No, 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 that's never been the aim. I think it's, I think, no, I, I'm happy to be anything. I think what we probably should look for is things that join us. So it doesn't need to be opinions that join us, right? But if our, if our, main hope is that we want everyone to be as happy as they can be or live yeah. the life as best as they can if we can be joined by that idea i think that's really great so that's much more mm. my thinking okay we'll go with that then i was thinking of the people that are on the fence with like oh do i like her do i like her but we'll go with what you said it sounds better. <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well i wish you and your partner all your all the best